I don't know about you, but it just feels like this topic is so dependent on how my morning was. Oh, true. Totally. It'll be great today because, like, Mark's at home with the girls. So I'm like, play is so wonderful yeah. and easy and I'm great <laughs> at it. And then, you know, if it was, like, in the afternoon at the end of the day, I'd be Oh, my like, gosh. Play is the home. worst. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Moms Group, a podcast for new and expectant mums navigating the joyful complexities of motherhood from a Christian worldview. My name's Ali Barnes. I work in breakfast radio, but right now I'm on maternity leave, enjoying time with Banjo, my two and a half year old, who's no longer interested in coloring in with pencils. It's pens and highlighters or nothing, mum. And Zach, my five month old, who's just started solids and after trying mango this morning, I think he's done with breast milk. <laughs> This season of the podcast focuses on the toddler years, and a big part of a toddler's day is playing. It allows them to be creative, learn to problem solve, share, and so much more. But look, I'm going to admit from the outset, when it comes to play, I'd say I'm a fairly lazy mom. Like, I'll take you places where you can play, like beach or playgrounds, swimming pools, skate parks, but then it's over to you, kiddo. Go have fun. My husband, on the other hand, is amazing at playing. He's always on the playground equipment, coming up with elaborate storylines, builds the most epic cubby houses, fights monsters from our couch, and even though he's six foot six, he does a great job committing to hide and seek. We all know how important play is in a child's growth and development, but I'm curious what it looks like in other households and what everyone enjoys and struggles with. So in this episode, I've asked friends of the pod, Tani Appel and Kirsty Lawrenson to join me to share their experiences. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Hi, I'm Tani. I'm married to Jonathan and we have Lucia who is six and Otis who is three. And Lucia has just started her first week back at school, ETU one, so a big change for us, but she's super excited, which is nice. Yay. And, uh, and Otis is just ready and raring to go to school too, but he's got a few years to wait. <laughs> <laughs> Do they know that there's like 12 years of schooling ahead of them? Yeah, I guess <laughs> anything that the big sibling is doing is just way fun yeah. and really exciting. True. Yeah. The novelty does wear off. <laughs> And hi, I'm Kirsty. I'm married to Mark and I have Rosie who's almost four. Um, and the other day I asked her, darling, what, what do you want to be when you grow up? And without hesitation, she said, a unicorn. <laughs> no, wait, a mermaid. <laughs> no, a physio. Oh yes, just like mummy. Great answer, darling. Um, and then also Charlotte who's 18 months and she's just started actually calling herself Charlotte for the longest time. She just identified as Robo. Once again, big sibling, big sibling adoration just continues. She just, you know, couldn't separate Aww, the idea that her so big sweet. sister and herself were just one person. <laughs> that's lovely. <laughs> yes, <laughs> All right, so let's start with the fun stuff. Like, what are your favorite parts of playing? What are the kind of activities that you do that you actually get a real kick out of as well? Mm. I like when it feels spontaneous and genuinely fun you know when the kids are actually having fun and they invite me in and we're laughing and it's just genuinely fun so recently that was when we're at the beach um the kids wanted to swim together and they were like be a crab be a crab so i was just kind of doing this crab hop through the water and they were laughing their heads off and it was really enjoyable for me too so that was just really fun really spontaneous and, uh, and I love those moments. They're my favorite kind of play moments. Sometimes yeah. I feel like I'm a stand-up comedian. Like <laughs> so when you draw that laugh that they can't contain, I'm like, oh yeah. my gosh, I'm hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I really love um, messy play. I actually genuinely love it. You are my um, hero. Like any of those, you know, like shaving cream and water and food dye. And um, I'm a very like hands-on tactile person so I think maybe it's just I really enjoy the mixing part as well um and I also really love like our dance parties um where I just get to be a goose and you know like spin around with silks or ribbons or something like that um and dance to music that brings me a lot of joy so go back to the mess yeah (laughs) you're okay with the mess (laughs) it's very um uh, planned mess maybe I mean if it's in our place it's planned mess so we, we live in a unit and we have a balcony and it's just got like a 
basic concrete floor. It doesn't matter if anything happens to the concrete. It's not like beautiful tiles and um, outdoor furniture. So we often do like sensory bin, messy play outside. And I feel like if in doubt, add water, right? Like the play. <laughs> and if the girls are just cracking it, it doesn't matter if it's raining or hot and sunny. It can be any weather and I can just get stuff onto the balcony and it'll give me often like a good half hour now at this age. Oh, where And I can, you know, just chuck some gemstones in or chuck whatever in and just adding to it and they just both really get into it um and what you so just I mean, like hose off the shaving cream yeah, afterwards literally, and... literally hose it off <laughs> and i think i love it because often i don't have to get involved so i can hang up the washing but also if i am involved it's not like it doesn't take as much mental capacity yeah. it's almost like the kids version of like an adult coloring in book you know where they can just like potter around doing something with their body yeah. while their mind disengages and I really like that yeah I really love seeing Banjo play with things that I've been teaching him I find that really satisfying yeah. like, so seeing him pick up the bike or um, yes. get really good at throwing a ball I don't know I feel real proud yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and just yeah sharing and things that I enjoy seeing him enjoy those things as well mm. it's yeah what are the parts of play that don't come so naturally that you're not very good at like um i really struggle when banjo and i are coloring in and he just comes and colors over what i've been working on for <laughs> like i'm just <sighs> i need to show more grace but it really frustrates me <laughs> yeah one of the things that i struggle with is i guess faking it joining in in their play yes. when I didn't really want to. So I guess it's around limit setting. If they say, play with me, play with me, and I say yes, but I really should have said, no, I'm busy doing this right now, yes. or I just don't feel like it, so you've got to play on your own. Can you at the say moment. that? Absolutely. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh. So I think the times when I say yes, when I should have said no, I am not as good a play partner yeah. and they know it. Yes. So it ends up not being any fun. Totally. And it yes. deteriorates. And I think, oh, this was my problem. I should have said, I'm just not really in the mood for playing right now. So you can do this or this. Or maybe you've got another idea of what you want to do alone. Um, and yeah, so that's what I struggle with. Maybe setting the limits of saying no when I want to. Okay, so Lucia gets that if you're not in the mood but Otis is a lot younger closer yes. to age and banjo and yes. he understands as well like yeah he does him. he does I'm gonna try this <laughs> <laughs> so long as it's met with yes at other times right sure sure and, and giving him options of what you can do instead that's, that's right okay. yeah and and I don't if I think that the need is actually just connection with me then I, they're probably not the times I would say no. But if he's mm. just kind of pottering around, he's actually not upset, he's just bored, mm. I don't think that that's the only reason I should say yes to play. Yeah. Um, and I think that there are times where there are stuff I need to do or I just don't feel like it. And I figure for him, it's better that he kind of comes up with an idea to be self-occupied mm. than for me to kind of be a bit of a half-hearted play partner mm. where he ends up getting he knows that I'm not really in it and it's not as fun anyway mm. Mm. what about for you I um I really struggle with imaginative play when maybe it is me not setting limits or maybe it's just Rosie exploring the depths of her control <laughs> bossy <laughs> yeah very um Yes. <laughs> She's not listening. It's okay. <laughs> but yeah, she is a she will be a leader one day. Yeah. yeah Very right. spirited. Um and it extends from like at the pool. She's a mermaid, like she is just incredible. She'll spend hours in the pool and I love it. But at the moment when we go to the pool, it's um like, Mummy, I'm a swimming teacher and I have to stand up like out of the water in the kids' pool in front of all the other adults with my hands above my head, like, <laughs> getting taught how to pretend dive into the pool or do, like, special tricks. Like, if I actually did them, I would belly flop the whole pool out of existence. And so I'm half, like, trying to socially appropriately fake the play but also satisfy her desire to have a pupil. So, yeah, we're very much into, like, the role play, power play. And I remember someone saying to me... Um, you know, like your kids love it when you actually 
you let them be the mum and you're the baby or that sort of thing. Oh. Sometimes I'm into it. Sometimes I'm just like, okay, enough. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I don't want to be told what to do anymore. And I feel like, totally. Oh, this is my chance okay. now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I've, I've done what you've asked of me. I've met the requirements. Now it's time for me to go and make a cup of tea. You know? Yeah. <laughs> but also like, um, and maybe this will change because I, I am seeing Banjo's storylines when it comes to magic play yes. coming up a bit more interesting but more complex as yes. opposed to the same few words that he had yes. and being quite repetitive but after 20 or 30 minutes i'm over it <laughs> <laughs> i feel bad but he could keep going it's the repetition I think it's the repetition <laughs> and it's surely it's like good for learning and practice mm. and all those sorts of things yes. it's good for them playing with friends in the playground but i think what you said tiny is wise you've got to pick your moments yeah <laughs> i feel and bad those... like do you find though there's a part of your voice that's saying, Ali, he's not going to want to play with you for much longer. Yes, so just enjoy yes. it. And, oh, and then there's the other part of me that's like, you've got a sister. Yeah. <laughs> She's willing to do anything. You can jump and she will try and jump. She's obsessed with you. So then I'm often like, oh, Rosie, look, Lottie wants to be part of your swimming school. Um, but that doesn't last as long. So. Sure. <laughs> so Often I take Banjo to the park and we've organized a play date and I realize that as soon as my friends come, I ignore him and mm. I feel really guilty about that. So I've started getting there a little bit earlier so that I can play with him. Clever. Mostly to alleviate my guilt. Yeah. <laughs> but do you find that like when you're other when you're with other people, they still want to play with you? Is that just an age thing? Like soon they're gonna get over that and they wanna play with the kid, but it definitely happens at times where suddenly when your attention is diverted, that's when they kind of become most like mom, mom, and want you. Mm. Um, but there are other times too where playing in the park, for example, I see that as a place for their own play or mm. play with other kids. So I don't often play at a playground with my kids. I'm more like, I see that as a time to like watch over their play and just watch them from afar. So. Um, for example, if they're doing something, I'll kind of have my gaze at them. So if they go, if they've done something new, climbed up to a higher thing that they haven't done before, done something thrilling, exciting, and they look over to me, I'm, they're met with like, nice one, big <laughs> smile. And, and that can kind of keep them going a bit with their yeah. curiosity and their play. Um, so I try and do that even if I'm chatting with a friend I still kind of think oh my job is not really to join in the play but to just watch it and enjoy it from afar yeah. so that they know that I still have them in mind even if they're over on the spinning thing mm -hmm. um, and that way they don't tend to come to me too much to be like join in and play because I would redirect them and say look at those kids over there I wonder if they want to play or um, try and encourage them to invite others into play or to join in in play because I think that's a good skill yeah so trying to encourage that independent play yeah that I don't know why it just dawned on me but yeah when I think back on a play date we had last week where oh no it was probably like the worst behavior that I've seen in banjo for a long time and I think it probably is because he was trying to get my attention mm. and I just kept yapping away yeah okay interesting mm. Mm. very very helpful thank you <laughs> <laughs> so just recently you were part of the northern beaches covid lockdown and Cassie, obviously all of us yeah. spent a lot more time playing at home how did you guys find that experience it was bittersweet to be honest because in the early stages of the lockdown the weather was not great it was kind of overcast a bit wet and even cold so we had um home days of just we didn't have anywhere to go anywhere to be and my kids tend to do well if we don't actually have to get out the door they mm. end up it's a bit more free of their play because mm. we're not kind of we don't have a deadline of you've got yeah. half an hour to play and then we're getting ready and going that kind of feels like almost too much for them and then they get a bit um highly strung about their play but I just said, we're just having a home day today. And they just end up being a bit more creative. Um, there's lots of like cubby houses being built and all the soft toys, which tend to stay in just a basket, all came out for a picnic and they were just doing sort of home play. Um, and then also just outdoor play. We've got like a courtyard awesome. with just a big toy kind of um, chest. 
and they would just rifle through it and find things and be a bit inspired. And we tried each day to go over, we've got an oval near our place, okay. to do sort of some big body movement. Mm-hmm. So Get family, up. running mm-hmm. races we loved. We did that also during the earlier lockdown in the year. We would just, you know, have little running races, mm-hmm. um, play soccer, throw a frisbee. Otis got a little t-ball set for his birthday, just turning oh. three, so that's been really fun. So some big family kind of games where we're all together and then other times where they're really just pottering yeah. at home, doing their own thing, not being too worried about the mess in their room, figuring like we can make the beds again. Like it's just not a big deal. Mm. The bed, all the sheets are off. They're doing cubbies and tents and just going with it. So I have been surprised by my... Um, relationship in mess <laughs> so we used to live in um a different house i think it's easier to just say that <laughs> it's the same house a different part of the house but uh it was always so messy because we just didn't have space so yeah. we just had to deal with that and now we're in this bigger part of the house and there's a home for things and for some reason i find it like really hard now yeah. when there is mess because I know what it looks like clean and that yes. it can be clean yeah. and this is a super privileged thing to say but we have a toy room yeah. I know <laughs> that's not the reality for most families but I love that I can just close the door yeah. out of sight out of mind like I will have four kids in bunk beds sharing a room before I give up that toy room like how do you guys deal with the mess in your space like at the end of the night is it like giving you connections or are you just like oh it's a house and we live in it and there's going to be mess with little ones i think that's a challenge for us especially because we live in a unit with two kids oh my goodness yes and um you know it's a sizable unit there's space but um and we also have a spare room that's basically just got toys and musical instruments and you know wardrobe and that sort of thing um but i I find my relationship with mess just changes according to my kind of mental state and how my mental load is going generally. How much sleep you've had. Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, on good days when I'm feeling really chilled about things, it can be messy all day. It could be, you know, messy at the end of dinner. We, Mark and I can be sitting there watching Netflix and there can be mess everywhere and I'm fine. Yeah. But on days when there's a lot on my mind and the mental load is high, I find that that clutter just adds to that kind of mental stress. Yes. And I think um, lockdown was really hard when we couldn't just like go out and play, you know, when it was that really strict lockdown. <clears throat> and you couldn't go and have picnics anywhere, which was a big thing we did before um, March 2020, um, especially because Lottie was smaller. So like having a picnic blanket out on the oval next to our place was really great and an easy way for both girls to play. Um, and so that peak lockdown time was really, really hard, but I think mostly a mental challenge for me just to kind of be like, okay, this is what it is. I can't do anything about it. And I found that the days when I had actually put some thought into maybe what we could do at home, um, it just took the mental load off me. And it meant that when the girls were looking bored, I kind of had like a fresh idea or another invitation to play. So I don't, I don't like say you should play with this or you should do that, but I'm a big fan of that whole invitation to play idea. So even today, before I came here um, to record this podcast, Mark's at home with the girls. Um, they were asleep when I left. I thought they might wake up and be a little bit funny about mummy not being around. So I just left like a few toys that had been inside cupboards just like sitting on tables, different places in our living room, like three toys, took me two seconds. Um, And the idea is it's just an invitation to play. So they don't have to be playing with those things. We don't have to sit down and go like, let's build Jenga, but it's just there and they can explore it um, in their own time. So we did like a lot of the messy play sensory bucket kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And we did things that I found enjoyable too. We don't do heaps of TV in our place, so that was another challenge. Um, And yeah, I just found some days the mess would be fine. Mm. Other days I had to clean it up and make a point of it because it was the best thing for me, which then meant it's the best thing for my kids. Yes. We live in a tiny little place as well, a two bedroom apartment with our living space being, you know, I don't know, three by four meters or something, it's Mm. not big. And uh, the kids' room is little, so there's not even much space for toys in their room. So the lounge room ends up being like the play space. And we've got a few baskets with their toys in it and things, and so the lounge room can get wild. 
but we have the expectation that they can continue playing in the lounge room, leave all the mess for a long amount of time, but if they then decide it's craft time or they want to watch a movie mm -hmm. or we're going for a bike ride now, there's like a transition point of, well, then we have to tidy away all the yes, bus, all the, totally. all the toys in the lounge room. And um, we've just got sort of big uh, woven baskets. So it's easy enough to just put all the animals in that basket, all the dinosaurs in that basket, all the Barbies in that drawer. Um, and they just know that that's the expectation now. Um, and Otis will even say it, you know, well, we have to pack away the toys before we get to watch the movie, oh, Lucia. And so... Does that delight your heart? It really does. <laughs> and that doesn't come from me so much. That comes more from their dad, who is more particular about the tidiness of the space. But I'm really grateful that they yeah. have learned the value of doing that. So yeah. it's really good. Have you seen personality impact the way your kids play? Yeah, definitely. Um, and their age too, and their gender. I think there are mm. distinct differences between both of my kids and could put it down to maybe all of those factors. Mm. Um, so Lucia, from the minute she was born or playing, um, <laughs> you know, a few months old, she was more gravitating towards toys to nurture. She wanted mm. to um, cuddle her bears and look after her baby doll and um, be a little mama and that was her play. Yeah. And she would be putting them to bed and patting them to sleep and breastfeeding them and all of those things. Uh, Otis, on the other hand, liked things to crash together <laughs> very early on. Even very, very small, if um, a toy fell down and bumped into him. He just thought it was hilarious. <laughs> so he is rough and tumble and um, the progression of their play changes, you know, the, the yeah. theme. So he was really into cars. Um, when was that? It must have been like between two and three. He was, mm. well, between two and two and a half, he was really into cars. So little matchbox cars, they were racing and crashing and, um, and always into animals. So often the animals were being hit by the cars and <laughs> all of that. He's really fully into dinosaur territory now, knowing all their names, wow. knowing who eats who. Um, and the cars are only involved in as much as they get eaten by the dinosaurs. <laughs> so, um, and, and he's really into sword fights. So anything becomes a weapon. So yeah. a stick, a pencil. So different. Um, a chopstick. <laughs> So for his birthday, we got him some little foam swords. So we do some, you know, fencing. yeah, fencing together. <laughs> so is that, you know, it is personality differences, it's mm. gender differences, it's age and stage development differences. Because saying that, Lucia has also really liked, you know, exploring for bugs, which he also really likes. Yeah. And, um, you know, climbing and bike riding. So there's some real similarities in terms of what they like. Mm. Um, but there are some distinct differences too. Yeah. I remember when we were expecting Banjo, I asked my friend who already had three boys, you know, did she have any advice for raising boys? And she just said, just get them outside. It'll bring out the yes. best in them and you. And I, and I totally understood, obviously, brings out the best in them because, you know, you know, if they've got a lot of energy, you don't have to constantly be saying, you know, don't break that, don't touch that. Um, but it really does bring out the best in me. Mm. Uh, I always find I'm, I'm more attentive when I take him out. I don't feel that pull of, I should unstack this dishwasher or put mm. the load on. Like, totally. Do you find that like you're a better mom when you get him out of the house? And, and what about that pull with household chores? Like, mm. Does that weigh on you? Mm. Uh, a little bit. So when, I'm, when we're at home, mostly I would encourage it to be sort of independent play unless um, we do it we in our family we do a specific thing of like special play time and when you're saying mm. earlier of playing for like 30 minutes I just that's really rare that I would play for a long extended period of time with um, either Lucia or Otis so at home um, mostly they're just playing on their own except if they are wanting to play, I say, okay, well, we can have special play time. It's actually time limited. Mm. I just actually set a timer for five or 10 minutes mm. and it's fully child led and they can decide what we play, what I do, what my role is, um, what the idea is. And then when the timer goes off, special play time is finished and they mm. can either continue playing their game or they can do something different. Um, so it's setting that expectation. Yeah, it mm. is. It's really setting an expectation of, it's fun to play together and 
that's not always true. There are times where I spontaneously join in in a game if it's imaginative. You know, it's a kitchen or a restaurant and they're like, you're our customer. And they bring me a menu and I just kind of, I'm a bit of a passive kind of mm. participant in their play idea. Um, and then in terms of outdoor play, I just see it as a different thing. Like, I, I, mm. I guess it's play, of course, but I don't always think of it as that, you mm. know, like if we're going for a walk or a bike ride or a kick a ball around, mm. I just see it as sort of like family time. So it is a different thing because you are more present and yeah. So yeah, I think that there's strengths in both. Yeah. Yeah. I felt so <laughs> guilty the other day I was playing um, Magnetic Tiles, which mm. P.S., greatest thing ever amazing, thank right? you to my sister for getting them for banjo for christmas he i reckon two hours a day he spends playing with those tiles genuinely i find them genuinely fun adults. so like, fun I really like building with them i wish we could build something other than a rocket ship yeah. but <laughs> it'll come, it'll come. <laughs> um but he said to me mum phone away phone away yes and my heart sunk <laughs> I felt so terrible that he had to say that. And I'm on maternity leave. Yeah. So it only gets worse from here. When I go back to work and I'm corresponding with colleagues, um, just because of the nature of my work, we, we chat in the afternoons. Yes. Ah, I felt terrible that I didn't give him that attention. So I love this idea of having a timer and it's like for this 10 minutes. I do actually do it first thing in the morning. I'm very intentional about leaving my phone in bed when I go and play with him. But after that, it's like, you know, I'm teeing up a play date for us, yes, mate, or I'm, you know, totally. talking to daddy about something important. It's probably not, but yeah, yeah. I just, oh, I wonder, mm. did uh, our parents who didn't have phones have the struggle and they were, mm. you know, their attention was divided anyway, or? I feel like I parent best when I'm out. Yes. <laughs> and when I don't have that um, constant, yeah, like that mental nag of, oh, I should be doing this, or mm. if I don't do this, this is going to build up. So I think the way it works for our family is, um, like I work at the beginning of the week, then on my first day at home, like the morning, I'll often just do some housework, like vacuuming all the crumbs off the floor that have been there for four days. You know? <laughs> my standards are pretty low, let me be clear. Um, but the girls know, you know, mummy's got to do X, Y, Z. And because they've been at daycare for two days, they're kind of more interested in their toys. So I see that as like a peak time to get stuff done while the interest is high. Yes. As opposed to at the end of the week when they've been around their stuff for longer and they just are a bit sick and tired of it. So we tend to kind of like go out at 8.30 in the morning and come home at 4.30. Like I would say two out of three of our days. It's um, a big day. Yeah. And I like it that way. Um, so we'll go and do different things, but I feel like it kind of gives us all that boost that we need. And then that way I know if we've had a massive day out doing different stuff, when we come home and we're just inside at our place, they've got um, a bit more interest to have a home day. Um, and I also find, I don't know whether it's a girl-boy thing, like I'm still trying to figure it out, but I probably crave more outdoor time than they do. Um, mm. And so I need to kind of make a point of being like, we're going to go and eat our, we do lots of like eating our lunch out, pack lunch boxes and we're going, go to the pool and then eat our lunch sitting on the hill mm. overlooking the pool or like go to a playground and eat our lunch on a picnic blanket. We're constantly picnicking. Um, yeah. So I find it kind of gives me that boost to keep on going. Um, and then a change of space really does oh, re-energize you, doesn't 100%. it? One hundred percent. Yeah, and like you said, then you don't have that nag of looking around your environment and thinking I should be doing all these things. Oh yeah. And so then when I come home, it means I've often got the energy to do that housework. And my my husband does a lot of it. To be fair, like we share at least fifty fifty. Mm. Um, yeah, but outdoor time is like similar to what I was saying before, just as important for me as a mum, so that then I can parent my kids well. I don't want to deep dive too much into this, but where does screen time fit into all this? Like, are there some shows we can justify it? I mean, Play School literally has the word play in it. Am I just clutching there? Not at all. Oh, thank you, Daddy. This is why I asked you to play. <laughs> so when Lucia was little, in fact, she probably only really watched Play School. So she thought the TV was called Play School. Oh. And so I'd be putting her to bed and she's like, Mommy, you're going to watch Play School oh, when I'm asleep. Very sweet. Think I don't think change. I don't think Banjo knows that we go out and watch TV yet. Oh, he no. will never go to no, sleep he if he knows. Has no idea. Yeah. 
So things have changed, particularly during COVID. My kids have watched a heap of TV over this period of lockdown and things. Um, so we try and keep the balance of um, being outside, having, like we don't put the TV on first thing in the morning or anything like that and they're not watching it um, before bed. But there are definitely chunks of time during the day and that has happened since Otis was born really. It was how I helped Lucia stay quiet while I was totally. putting him to sleep. Yeah. Um, and look, TV, of course, screen time needs to have some boundaries around it and we, we have boundaries around it. But I also think there's real value in certain shows and mm. certain TV. My kids, their tastes have changed over time. It used to just be play school um, for Lucy when she was little, and Otis less so because he had an older sister who was just watching different things. Mm. By the time he was Dawson's Creek at age three, something like that. The Investigators, I don't know. <laughs> you know that show, but they're more sort of primary school age shows. So. But still things like Bluey and I don't know. Is that the greatest show that's ever yeah, been created? the greatest. Oh. And look, I must say, after um, TV sh shows, it sometimes instigates play ideas, especially for Lucia, who's older. So she'll get sort of a creative idea. She quite likes being sort of an investigator and exploring, you know, using her magnifying glass, having a little notebook. So it sort of um, is a little bit of inspiration yeah. for play. And probably for Otis too, because, and it happens from books too. Like you read a book about something, they then go, oh, I have a tiger. Oh, and yeah. so they go and find their tiger to, um, you know, start playing with that. Or, you know, it just happens from what they're taking in. Yeah. So um, I think there definitely is a time and a place for, you know, kids just resting their body. I don't know if kids don't sleep yes. to just be still for a while or for parents to just have some downtime or to do it together. Like we watch mm. movies together and it's pleasure. Like it's yeah. family, family time. So yeah. For mm. you guys? I think it's great um, and it works well for a lot of families and a lot of kids. Um, but I feel like when my kids sit down and watch TV, unless it's at the right time of the day, it can often just create more problems for us and oh, the whole family. So like the tantrum when the, the TV, tantrum goes when the TV goes off. We're in that um, at the moment. Sometimes when they had heaps of screen time, they just wouldn't get as creative with their play mm -hmm. um, or like have as much inspiration. But I have so many friends at each end of the spectrum of like families who use it a lot and it just works for them yeah and maybe families like us who don't use it a lot and that seems to work best for us um so i think you've just got to vibe how your own kid reacts and also i think even more importantly maybe is what you need because there's been some days when mark's come home from work and i'm like he walks in the door i look at him i boil the kettle and then i just walk into our bedroom and like read a book for half an hour and you know it's just the unspoken language he knows yeah. um or he'll come home and both girls are like screaming in my arms because they're so tired um or overstimulated or understimulated even and there's been some of those days in hindsight where we've talked about it in the evening and mark's like just put the tv on just like save yourself some trouble and put the tv on yeah. and i think sometimes i almost forget how great a tool it is yeah and i think like would i rather lose it at my children and totally. be like to be honest that's you know shouting screaming mum who's like having a minor tantrum herself yeah or would i rather just put the tv on because which one's more harmful to my children obviously it's that lack of like that breakdown in relationship with me so I think I personally sometimes have to go like, Kirsty, just put the TV on. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be fine. Don't feel guilty. Um, yeah, exactly. That's such a good point. Like, cause I come from a family where I'm third child. My mom was yeah. back working full time at like two weeks old. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure I was raised by the TV yeah. and I turned out fine. I think. <laughs> <You seem> fine, <laughs> I think. Um, but Sean and I, we are still navigating what we think is appropriate. Mm. And I definitely lean to the, I think more TV than what yeah. he thinks is okay. And, um, he'd like us to reduce it, yeah. but I feel less guilt putting him in front of the TV than when I feel like I'm ignoring him because I got to get X, Y, Z done or, frustrated at him because I need to make this phone call or whatever. Yeah. I I, uh, I let myself off the hook because yeah. I'm like, this will give him the attention and the stimulation that he needs that I can't give to him right yeah. now. And But yeah, it's uh, a work in progress. Yeah, I think it's it's such a tricky balance. But now that Rosie's older, it's like 
really mentally stimulating for her. Like she'll talk to us about things at bedtime that she watched in play school or, you know, like a, a concept that came up in another TV show. And I'll be like, I definitely did not teach that to you. So like, <laughs> either that's from daycare or that's from yeah. play school or something. So it's almost, yeah, it's like giving her that little bit of like um, broader perspective that, I can't give her in an average yeah, day. Yeah, totally. Banjo's obsessed with frozen berries at the moment. <laughs> and there was a, a show that he loves called Blippy. And I don't even want to say it out loud because I don't want you to introduce it to your kids because it, My it's... My nephews love that. Oh, he's insane. But anyway, uh, there was this one episode that we watched where it started with Blippy in, you know, the equivalent of Coles in America and at the frozen food section with berries. <laughs> and then it backtracked how the berries got there. It's so so cool, the tracked right? on the farm. I'm like, that's, Educational. that's something. Co- yeah, I'm like, if we watch that episode, the episode where Blippi crushes a car and he like spray paints it and throws food at it before it gets crushed, that I'm less excited about him teaching my kid. But anyway. um, then there is that relationship with dangerous play. Mm. How do you feel? Because I often have situations where someone will come over and they'll um, quickly put take the secretaires out of Banjo's mm. hands and I'm like, mm, he plays with them every time. <laughs> or the, the heights that we let him jump off or yeah. he chops food with a sharp steak knife with yeah. us. And I know that sooner rather than later, I'm sure, I'm going to be sitting in the emergency room wishing <laughs> that we didn't let him, you know, play with such dangerous things. But yeah, what's your relationship with dangerous play? Or risky play, I guess, is, is the word. Yeah, it's an interesting thing because I think learning happens with experience, right? Yeah. Um, and so I think that kids climbing to high heights and feeling um, confident in what their body can do and riding their bike fast and learning what slowing down feels like, I think learning happens when they kind of push the limits of their abilities. Yeah. Um, but of course that comes with some risk, right? And this is something where Jono, my husband and I, we don't always see eye to eye because he is much more risk averse than me. Mm-hmm. He feels very protective of our kids' physical safety. And I, of course, do too, but I just feel more confident in maybe their ability or more confident that a little tumble is okay in the scheme of their what they learn from feeling more confident that they've tried something new and what have you. So it is a bit of a juggle in our family to, you know, if he's putting putting the brakes on what their activity is versus me saying, no, they're okay. And so it is a tension point actually for our marriage and how we parent mm. together. Um, and it's something we're just still navigating because mm. kids do have trips and tumbles and accidents and, mm. um, and I guess I just don't feel frightened of that necessarily to the same degree but I'm also being trying to be respectful of his wishes and how he feels about things and so it's a it's a it's a tricky thing to navigate yeah yeah uh having worked in a hospital for 12 years and um at points in ED and pediatrics I feel like um sometimes I see into the future and imagine the worst when it comes to accidents but having said, I think I try and encourage them to know the limits of their bodies, to try the things that I think are developmentally appropriate for their age. But also we're really big on um, like listening to mummy and daddy's instructions or listening to our caution. So if we give them that freedom to do risky things, they have to be able to listen to us when we say stop. So I'm not going to let Charlotte like, run near the edge of a road at a playground that has no fence and expect her to stop because she's 18 months. Mm. Whereas Rosie, I would let her play, you know, further away from me unsupervised or, you know, climb up to a high thing when I got my back turned. It's put us in some funny situations. Like we went to this new playground a couple of weeks ago that had just opened and it's mostly for primary school age kids. And we arrived with friends and I'm putting sun cream on Lottie and Rosie's already like sprinted for the climbing thing and is climbing up. And I'm wearing a dress on a hot day um, and she basically gets stuck at this like the top of the climbing tower before a big slide. And I've got like a toddler who wants to go and run in the creek and the rocks <laughs> wearing like a dress that's not appropriate for climbing. It's packed because the park's just opened. And I'm like, oh, now I've got to climb up and try and not, you know, flash every parent around me, rescue my child who's now too scared to keep on going. 
at that moment we saw someone that we knew and you know he saved the day um so yeah i'm i'm keen on giving them that freedom with their bodies um but also reading the kid and for me like if your child's not super coordinated and they're the kid who trips over on their feet when they're running on flat safe ground Mm. then maybe you need to consider climbing versus a kid who's naturally super coordinated and you can kind of trust their you know physical abilities a bit more i think i think that's it knowing your kid like um I know that Banjo is going to come through and pick up the secretaries. Yeah, totally. If he's going to <laughs> do it, teach him how to do it safely. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So I'd like to model as much so that yes. when I'm not there, he knows how to do it. Or, yeah. And I think they do know their limits. Like sometimes mm. when he's standing on something particularly high, I'll ask him, do you think that's a bit high? And he's not sure. I'm like, why don't you jump the first time holding mom's hand? Yeah. And then the second time yeah. he can feel confident jumping mm. himself. But yeah. Yeah. Another thing is to just give them some information as they're doing an activity so that they then can assess, oh, that actually feels a bit wobbly or unsafe to me. So we were recently like at a birthday party that was by a creek um, where there was, you know, little boats going down the creek and it was really in the the bush. Um, And um, lots of the kids were running in the creek and on the rocks and things like that. And I went with Lucia and she went and she took a step and I just pointed out, oh, look, these rocks are quite green, mm. which means that they're mossy. She said, oh, that means they're slippery. So mm. she knows that. So then she took on and she was like, oh, and she had a little bit of a slip. She's like, these are a bit slippery for me, mum. And I said, well, that's okay. You can go somewhere else if you like. Mm. So it's kind of like giving her information that she needs. Um, she was like, I don't want to slip. And I was like, well, then you don't have to go on those slippery yeah. rocks. So that's good. it's just kind of giving them information, not saying, no, you can't go on the rocks. It's kind of like, oh, does that feel okay? Yeah, mm. totally. And then she can decide, no, not really. So mm. then she played somewhere else. Mm. You know. So we are still very much in the trenches of learning how to socialize and play <laughs> well with others. Um, Banjo is very physical and he tends to sort of muscle his way into things yeah. and snatch things that he wants to play with and, you know, hitting, sometimes biting. And it's uh, it's effective for him because it gets what he wants <laughs> until he gets disciplined. But uh, are you guys at that point where you still need to referee play dates? Um, you know, how do your kids go playing with other kids? On the most part, really good. Um, they are really good. I go to church with your kids <laughs> and they are amazing. Yeah, on the most part, really good. What is your secret? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But I can tell you what, what I try and do is to try and help them to see the other people that they're playing with or us, you know, to help them to try and see us. So I do kind of quite a lot of just naming what is happening and naming Mm. what other people are doing or naming what I'm doing to help be more predictable, to help them to know what's happening and to help them make sense of this play interaction. So an example would be if Otis has a toy and another kid comes up and starts to take it, to rather than say... That kid is Banjo. Yes, continue. <laughs> Rather than, like, I don't know, what might be a normal reaction? He has a toy, share with him, or, you know, that might be what some people would say. I'd say, oh, it looks like he wants that toy too. So you're just sort of stating what is. Mm. Looks like they want the same toy. So then Otis says, well, I want the toy. And so you go, oh, you both want the same toy. And there's mm. only one toy. So you're just kind of naming mm. what is mm-hmm. and then you kind of it's you have to sort of slow down the interaction i'm not a huge advocate of well just because they want it they now get it and i'm also not a huge fan of well just because you had it first means you get to keep it mm-hmm. i i think it's more nuanced than that mm-hmm. and to try and just help navigate ah would it be is this a thing that you can play together is this something that you can take turns of is this something that you can add other things to be joining in together so it's kind of like a bit of a conversation with both of them to be like oh what did you want to play with it what did you want to like to kind of elicit they notice each other that they both wanted the same toy could they join in playing together or do they actually want to play something else independently so it's a bit of a conversation about Mm. Conflict resolution, really. It may have been you that suggested this or someone that I was talking to um, said how even just the language of sharing versus taking turns. So sharing in a kid's mind is they have to give it away and give it to the other kid. Whereas taking turns means they give it, but then they get it back. Mm -hmm. And I really noticed Banjo is a lot more responsive to taking turns and and will be like, oh, okay, and give it to them. And then knowing that he gets Mm -hmm. another turn, he's Mm -hmm. a bit more compliant. It's often about the toy. But as they get bigger, it's less about the toy and more about the idea. So you need to help them to see each other. And 
um, notice and value other people's ideas and yes. ultimately get to the goal that playing together is more fun. Because yes. look, if you have just one toy, you might be able to take turns. And when they're little, they might only want to play by themselves. That's the goal. Yeah. But as they get bigger, they realize it's actually more fun with other people. So you have to learn how to negotiate and navigate other people's ideas. Mm. Like and that, imaginative play, do you mean? Yeah, yeah. imaginative role play. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. when you were saying earlier about um, with Rosie, sort of her direction of play, that mm. I'm definitely in that with Lucia as well, mm. where she can become very directive and instructive. And even to the point of, say this, mum, say that, do totally. this. Totally, that's the euphemism I was looking for, directive. Nicer word than bossy, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what out there. And, um, <laughs> and sometimes I'll go with it, but then I'll kind of also challenge her a bit to be like oh but I've got an idea too yeah because I want I see myself I see any of our parent play with our kids as not an end into itself it's like rehearsing for their social play with others yeah. so like I'm just a play partner until someone better comes along mm. that's more fun oh. in honest in oh, all honesty I, can oh. we have a play date with you? <laughs> <laughs> not so much for my kids I feel like maybe can I leave my kids with my husband come, come and watch you play with your children no it's, no I uh, honestly and like, so uh, when um I'm playing with Lucia and she's being really directive. I want her to know that um, other people have ideas yeah. and if you want them to have fun in the play too, you might need to be able and willing to be a bit flexible with mm. your idea. That yes, you're right. And I often see it there as she needs affirmation that her ideas are good. Mm. Um, and then from that place, she will be more accepting of other people's play ideas. So... Um, so you think that I just stay back in kids' church because Banjo needs me? I'm just there soaking up Tani and just watching how she parents. Oh, oh no. But I, I feel like there's hope that maybe I could push back on this whole we only build rocket ships with the magnet tiles. Yeah, maybe totally. it's time for me to put my and foot down. And the question down. is the way to do it. I wonder what else these could make, mm. you know, to spark curiosity. I wonder what else this could be. And he might go, rocket ship. Just a mm. rocket ship. Yeah. What do, where do rocket ship go? Like you're just sort of yeah. asking questions to spark their curiosity of how to extend and expand their play. Right? And I also feel like at that age when they're tiny, that invitation to play idea of having like, you know, something that's not a rocket ship, whatever else he likes, mm. the toy, you know, in a basket next to the basket of magnetiles and then just seeing if that sparks interest and an association or like, taking that toy that you normally play with in the toy room in your bag and going to a park and you know going for a little walk and then playing with it like just changing up the environment can often bring like a freshness to playing with yeah. that familiar object i could ask a thousand more questions <laughs> but having said all this does it make you sad that one day they're not going to want to play with you yeah. or in this uh, in this way i guess <laughs> it makes me sad i think also because the girls have both been so independent, like independently minded from very young ages, that I'm like, I don't think it's gonna be that too far away that they're gonna be like, uh, mum, you don't need to do my hair and oh. like you don't need to, you know, get my clothes for me and I can actually do everything by myself because I am really old and I'll be like, You are five. <laughs> but so, that's the goal, right? I like know, I know what the goal, goal is, but it's also heartbreaking. But yeah, I feel like it also just goes fast and I think I keep on reminding myself that I want them to see that I have my own life and my own interests so that you know we can walk alongside each other into our interests not that mum is there just to fulfill my needs and mum will just respond to me but like that mummy actually has her own ideas she has she has her own bit of the world that I haven't explored yet like I want them to always see me as someone um with my own life who will always respond to them but um yeah not someone that is purely there for their needs if mm. that makes sense yeah and then i don't feel so sad about it because i'm like it's fine we'll still be together yeah. we're just going forward together I'm we'll, we'll sit behind. in our rooms and we'll read and have <laughs> yeah, a cup of tea exactly. together <laughs> yeah 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 i feel a bit like that that i think that play and playfulness hopefully is something that continues on in uh, my relationship with my kids so mm. I, I don't think i've ever felt sad about stopping the you know 
crashing play of the dinosaurs necessarily. <laughs> no, I like to see the evolution of how we do things together. Yeah. So both my kids like enjoy cooking together yes. and um, dance parties and Lucy is at an age where she likes board games and card yes. games and so I see play as being something that actually will continue mm. in our relationship. It just will look really different mm. um, as they get older. You know, I hope we're still playing kind of the ball games across in the oval when they're yes. older. And that's the type of thing that I did as, as an adult with extended mm. family. So I think that if you have an attitude that play is and playfulness is just an aspect of your relationship and it doesn't always involve toys. And yes. Doesn't always involve a mat and on the floor. Um, it broadens your horizons a bit of seeing the joy of it and um, and looking forward to how that will change as I get bigger. Mm. I'll miss this stage of it being so simple sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I must admit, like some people hate floor time, but when my babies were little and they just were on their tummy looking at a toy and I, all my job was to just watch them and smile at them yeah. and delight in their curiosity of when the thing fell down, I actually loved that time. Yeah, I did too. And, you know, I think that in each stage there is, you know, joyful moments to be found. Yeah. Um, yeah. I remember when we went into lockdown, I bought all these craft things to keep Banjo or I entertained. And one of them was this painting activity. And I did it for about 10 minutes and I quickly realized <laughs> we don't have to be all things no, to our kids. No, no. <laughs> God made us all differently. Yeah. <laughs> our kids different. And from now on, all painting endeavors will be with Banjo's amazing daycare educators. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'll just stick with teaching him how to throw a ball. Uh, let's just lower the bar, friends. Our kids, they really just want our attention doesn't matter if we're bad at imaginary play or we have no interest in dealing with parking and sand to spend the day playing at the beach. Just find activities that you can enjoy together. Surround your kids with a village, you know? Partners, grandparents, Sunday school leaders, swimming teachers, daycare educators, they're all going to expose them to different activities and different kinds of play. But being able to play with our kids, it is a privilege that not everyone gets. And these are precious days and they won't last forever. But uh, let's also be real. Our cup needs to be full and our batteries charged to enjoy it all the time. Hey, thank you for joining us. I hope this was an interesting conversation. If you are keen to connect further, you can join us on Facebook. Just search Mums Group Pod, which is short for podcasts. Uh, if you think it would be of interest to someone you know, please share the episode with them. And if you're not currently playing with your kiddo and you've got a few minutes to spare, please leave a review of the podcast through iTunes. I haven't actually worked out how you can do it on Spotify. I'm sure you can, but uh, shout out to the four people who have already done so. I only recognize two of the names, so that's pretty cool. Um, super encouraging to read your feedback and also it helps other people discover the podcast in their feeds. But until next time, enjoy playing. Bye. Bye. Bye.